Welcome into another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, holiday weekend just around the corner, we talk barbecue and fireworks safety. Special event happening at the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Center at Georgian College. The keynote speaker at its awards night is a globally recognized innovation strategist. Sean Canungo talks about the disruptive forces being felt by businesses, everything from artificial intelligence to digital business models and how to make them work in your favor. We speak with a Midland woman who almost fell for the grandparent scam. Find out how it played out for her, how she dealt with it, and how you can protect yourself. And Will Dwyer's Terry Fox legacy lives on through his son Robert. We get an update on his efforts. But first, the first pitch for the Barry Baycats is being tossed tonight at Vintage Throne Stadium. And this is the first of a series of regular visits with Baycats president Josh Matlow as we follow the team's journey through the IBL season. He's with Barry 360 60s Will Conkin. First inning of uh, Talking Baycats. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome. So uh, the club has its uh, home opener Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, rematch of last season's first round playoffs. Uh, are you looking to set the tone and uh, maybe get some revenge? That's exactly what we're trying to do. We're, uh, it's been a long offseason. Uh, we added some, some big bats, some big players, and we're really excited to get started. Are there uh, a few players in mind, maybe some new ones, that you're interested in seeing uh, what they can provide to the team? Well, first off, we have our imports, which is a huge help. We haven't really had proper imports the last few years. So Sterling Rodriguez is back uh, from the championship squad. We have Emily Scalero also back from the championship squad. We added a big arm in Jason Nunez uh, that pitched with Guelph last year. Uh, we also added a few other arms that we're excited to see. Uh, but we signed uh, Kyle Mays. He's a um, college uh, senior graduating, so he's going to be coming back. He's a great ball player, utility guy. We signed Hayden Jaco, uh, catcher, who is the 2021 Rookie of the Year. Um, we have Ryan Rio back. We have uh, Roy Sando, Adam Odd, um, Marcella Cap has come back from the independent league. Um, we're really high on uh, our rookie, Josh Tibbetts, who's a local Berry boy. So we're excited. There's a lot of big guys coming in and big bats who hopefully will help our offense. Um, but we have now the pitching in place. Uh, in terms of rotation, we have the bats, and we're hoping that we get off to a hot start having the first five of six games at home. Good news heading into the home opener. Um, saw there will be a, a bus shuttle that can take fans up to the ballpark. Uh, maybe touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, it was obviously a vision we've had. Uh, it's, you know, working with the city uh, sometimes takes time, but they were fantastic, and we had uh, Amory Kungle, uh, they had a supporter as well as, I believe it's Ward 3 counselor, um, she was able to sponsor and help out with that and help finalize some details with the city of Barrie and uh, Barrie Transit, so we're grateful for that. Um, it just gives the fans an opportunity to come out, whether they drive or not. Um, teenagers, um, really anybody who either doesn't drive or doesn't have the means to get there, uh, gives them an opportunity to come out and enjoy the opening day festivities. Nice. And then uh, another home game on Sunday, this time against the uh, Brantford Red Sox. Uh, must still probably be a feel-out process heading into that one. Absolutely, and, and I'm hoping by after that game we have a little bit of everybody in at some point, get some innings in for the pitchers, get some at-bats for the, the players to know what we have uh, moving forward, and then the next game would be the next Thursday also at home, um, but hopefully we'll, we'll know what we have by then. So we're excited to see the pitching, we're excited to see the hitting, we're just excited to get on the field, to be honest with you, the weather's nice, and uh, I think everybody's raring to go. 
That shuttle to the ballpark, by the way, leaves Park Place tonight at 645, stopping at the Allendale Rec Center, Downtown Bus Terminal, and East Bayfield Community Center before arriving at the ball yard. The bus home leaves at 1015, making all the same stops, and it's a freebie. Just show your ticket to the game. Long weekend upon us, Victoria Day weekend, May 2-4 weekend, the first holiday weekend of 2023 where we should be able to enjoy the outdoors to the utmost. Maybe the first time you fire up the barbecue since the winter, but before you do, Miranda Fox, Customer Solutions Manager at Napoleon, tells us there are a few things you should do before you light it up, and it may involve small critters that made a home for themselves over the winter. That's right. So, I mean, we know a lot of people right now coming into the long weekend are getting excited to head up to the cottage, or maybe they're getting ready for a family barbecue. They're going to dust that grill off, and inside there could be some surprises, like you said. We see things like critters can get in the way of things in the wintertime, so we have some tips on how to, if you're interested, on how to get your grill up and running for the summer. Well, let's do that, but first of all, you need to get anything like critters cleaned out of there. I know somebody who had uh, a whole bunch of chestnuts uh, in place of their uh, briquettes one year, so... Yeah, I mean, hopefully you don't have any living animals in there when you open it up. But uh, there is there is definitely sometimes evidence of that when we have uh, you know animals that hibernate over the winter time. So yeah, you definitely want to clean out any of that stuff. And I will go over that a little bit with you. All right, let's start. We've opened the lid and we're looking in and we're seeing the remnants of the last barbecue. What do we need to do first of all? Yeah, so the first and most important thing about a grill that's uh, coming out from the winter time is safety. So you want to make sure that you're checking to make sure all your gas connections are good. Again, talking about those critters over the wintertime, sometimes critters like to nibble on rubber surfaces. So your regulator for your propane tank, your natural gas hose, they can have little nibbles in them, and you want to make sure you don't have any gas leaks. So how do we contend with that? We do a leak test. So that's really simple, Dan. You just take some soapy water and brush it onto those gas connections, turn your gas on, and see if there's any bubbles. No bubbles, you're good to start grilling. If there are bubbles, you need to check to see if it's a gas connection that's come loose over the winter or if, like we talked about, it could be a little nibble from a a critter. So we want to check that out. The next thing you want to do is make sure your grill is clean. So again, it's not always that you you know have acorns or, or whatnot in your grill, but you definitely want to make sure that your cooking surfaces are clean. Um, a lot of the time, our customers call, they don't They don't take the burners apart. They don't go all through that. So we recommend that you unscrew the burners. Um, Before you uh, pass a Venturi brush through the burner, you get a little drill bit, about 1 16th drill bit. There's a whole bunch of burner holes. You want to pop your your drill bit down into those ports, and that makes sure if there's any blockages in those ports, it all falls into the middle of your burner. You pass your Venturi brush through it, and that'll clean it all out and make sure your burners are good to go. When you say drill bit, not attached to a drill, you're just... not attached to yeah, a little it like one, a toothpick kind of that's thing. That's right, or a toothpick, something yeah. like that. You can, you know, even a, a paper clip, you can go in and pop it in and make sure that you want to push all that debris down mm-hmm. into the base of your burner and then pass a Venturi brush. If you don't have a Venturi brush, which is like a flexible brush, you can use a coat hanger, something that'll get anything that's sitting. Sometimes spider webs happen, insects can burrow in there as well over the winter. 
if you're in the middle of summer. So it's good to just make sure you're checking that out. And what happens if you don't discover that it's in there and you fire up the barbecue? What are some of the dangers? Uh, you can have flashback happen. Um, you won't have the performance of, of your grill that you want. So you definitely want to make sure that that's happening. You might see that your your flame is in an uneven pattern. So uh, it's definitely important for grill performance that you're doing that. You talk about uh, uneven grill pattern. How do you know when it's time to replace that grill? Replace the grill or yeah, the burners? The burners. Okay, the burners. so yeah. So when, you, when you're looking inside your grill, you want to inspect, again, before you get started for the season, you want to inspect that your burners are in good shape, that there's no cracking between the burner holes, the burner ports, uh, that there isn't any holes in, in the burner. We don't recommend that you continue grilling on a grill with broken burners. What else do we need to, to be looking at and checking on? I, I suspect the, the, the propane tank, if that's what you're using, needs to be yeah, inspected as well. Yeah, so you want to well. check your propane tank, make sure that that's good. If you're doing a swap out, oftentimes they are inspecting those propane tanks, but it's just good practice to make sure that the O-ring inside your tank isn't cracked. All those things can, can, can add to a, a potential leak. Um, again, you want to make sure your cooking surfaces are clean. We don't recommend that you use any type of oven cleaner in grills. Uh, soap and water um, is a, the best thing to keep a grill clean. You want to clean your, your burners, clean your sear plates, clean off your cooking grids. And then on the external, if you're stainless steel grill, you can use soap and water on the exterior. Million dollar question. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you need to refill your propane tank? Well, if your propane is... Um, is low, what'll happen is you'll light your first burner, you'll light your second burner, and you will see that the flame is slowly going down. That usually is a sign that your propane is pretty low and it's time to replace. Um, there are propane tanks out there that have uh, a, a gauge that'll tell you your propane is low. Okay, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for the advice. Happy grilling this summer. Yeah, I mean, let's get out there and, and grill, make some memories. Let's do it. Thank you. This has also been a long weekend that is synonymous with fireworks displays. Not a lot of big organized fireworks anymore on this weekend, but there will be families setting them off in their backyards and in parks, which raises a red flag for firefighters. Barry 360's Will Conkin here again, getting some safety tips from Barry Deputy Fire Chief Kerry Clark. Fireworks can cause a lot of actual injuries more than they start fires. They have a greater hand, eye, and face injury ratio than most other events that people take part of. What advice would you give to someone who's never handled fireworks before? It's really hard to read the instructions on the back of them. They're in pretty small print. But if you do take an opportunity to read them, quite often you'll find that for properties here in the city of Barrie, they're not big enough to actually support fireworks smallest one that fits in the palm of your hand requires about 200 feet from the spectator to the to the device so there's not a lot of places in Barrie that can handle that distance it's also better for the observers to be at a 45 kind of degree angle from where the event is going to um, explode in the sky so if you don't have that if you're looking straight up at the firework then you're not going to get the same experience as you do say on Canada Day out in the middle of Kempenfelt Bay. If the firework doesn't go off at all what kind of precautions should someone take as well if they do have their own and it doesn't ignite? Exactly so if that does happen leave it alone let it sit for a period of time a good period of time and then it needs to go into a um, 
a can of water or a pail of water, and it needs to sit in that pail of water and uh, let it soak through the entire firework itself to ensure that it isn't just smoldering slowly on the inside. As you said, there's uh, not many areas in Barrie where you can actually set off fireworks. What are kind of some of the regulations around our area of when, where fireworks can take place? Consumer-grade fireworks are for sale within the city of Barrie for the five days uh, before the event and the day itself. You can only actually let them off on the scheduled day. So it's, uh, you know, there's some pretty specific dates set out in there. You can't put them off in public parks. You can't put them off on the street. You can't put them off near hospitals or long-term care facilities. And you can't put them off near, say, like a gas station. That narrows down where a lot of people have the space available to be able to um, set off fireworks. And when they do set them off inappropriately, you're not just affect, you know, it's not something you do only in your backyard, you do affect the neighborhood. So it's not unusual to receive complaint calls during fireworks, especially for people who are impacted from them, you know, personally, or if they have pets that are impacted, people get pretty worked up when uh, those things happen. And it's not something that they're able to control. How many calls do you get? Honestly, a fireworks complaint, unless it actually sets something on fire, is a noise complaint. And so it's handled by our bylaw enforcement officers and our police officers. The trick is it's generally over before they're able to respond. So it's very difficult to enforce those bylaws. That doesn't mean that people should take advantage of that, though. What are kind of the differences between like a a legal and an illegal firework? So legal fireworks have very specific amounts of propellant in them that uh, they go a certain distance, they burn at a certain temperature, and it's highly regulated through um, through the government. Fireworks that are not created to those same specs may light too soon, the wick may be too short, they have too much propellant, they go too high, they burn too hot, and they may not go off at the trajectory that you think they're going to um, because they're not necessarily manufactured in the same way. So it is very imperative if you're going to purchase fireworks that you do so from a licensed fireworks seller and to make sure that you have all of the manufacturer's instructions, even and including sparklers. Sparklers burn around 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, you wouldn't give your toddler, you know, a hot cake that you've just pulled out of an oven, but you'd hand them a sparkler that burns at 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you bake a cake at 350, a sparkler's 2000 degrees. Like those are sort of the numbers we're talking to. Where can uh, people find more info? Does Barry Fire have a list of uh, firework safety? We do have uh, barry.ca slash fire and go to seasonal safety and you'll see a nice uh, little blurb there on firework safety. And I'm sure we'll have some out on our social medias this week too. What Barry's talking about is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer, learned if and when you should be getting another booster shot against COVID, found out why the Barry Farmer's Market is not that excited about a move to the downtown bus terminal, and talked with one of two young men who risked their lives to save two others from a house fire in Alliston. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. 
Still to come on what Barry's talking about, turning a disruptive digital world into a game changer, we get advice from a would-be victim of the grandparent scam in Midland, and Robert Dwyer continues his dad Will's legacy collecting pledges for the Terry Fox run. Now this. Our community rocks. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 888 donate Our community rocks on Barry's Rock Station. Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. No turning back from the digital society we've become. If you're not embracing it, you may be setting yourself up for failure. World-renowned innovation and disruption strategist Sean Canungo will be in Barrie this month, speaking to the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurial Center at Georgian College about how to make the fast-moving digital world work in your best interests. He gives our Ian McLennan and you a preview. Looking ahead uh, to the future, um should we be afraid or should we embrace when we're talking business and we're talking uh, in the workforce? <laughs> um, well, I, you know, maybe I'm an optimist and maybe because I've seen and, and helped organizations on this path to innovation and disruption. Uh, but I'm, I'm incredibly optimistic about the future, about jobs and careers. I think this is the greatest time to um, be in business today. We have all the tools that we've ever wanted in our pockets. We have all the ways of getting out our story and, 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 and to create narratives in our pocket. So to me, this is the greatest time to be in business today. Those that are nimble and flexible and experimental are those that will uh, win in the future. And so my job at the present, at, at, you know, during my presentation is to help people to push, uh, push people to, to, to really embrace this idea of innovation. Uh, during the pandemic, we heard that other P word pivot, uh, both by <laughs> both by um, business and by the employee um, in terms of maybe even just their lifestyle and uh, how they want to work. How critical or how much change has the pandemic caused both business and employee to look, you know, outward and inward? I mean, I think um, th- to me, the pandemic was beautiful. Uh, despite everything that happened, I think it was for the first time people figured out how to embrace digital, how to reevaluate um, what they do for work and what they want at the end of the day, not only for um, individuals, but also for organizations. I think it was a return for people to say, hey, how does work actually align with my identity and my purpose for organizations? Is was, how, do we, how do we continue our mission um, and and uh, do it in a way that is sustainable and 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 nimble because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So to me, it was a, a positive way of thinking about our our lives and our businesses at the end of the day. So um, to me, it wasn't a pivot. To me, it was a, a re, re- reimagination of work. Artificial intelligence, obviously, in the news, um, people both embracing it or trying to understand it. Where does it fit into um, our business world or how you and I and others who are trying to make a living become part of this? And what do you see? This is the biggest paradigm shift that we've ever seen since the Internet. It might be bigger than the Internet. It might be the printing press times a million. 
the reason why is because this technology is so exponential. It is on a pace that even the experts in the in the world can't even keep up with, and they can't even comprehend at how fast this is at this is moving. So this is going to impact every single business, every single industry, every single individual, and those that are not experimenting, playing, exploring about what the space could look like in their particular careers, um, they're going to be left in the dust. It um, to me, this this shift is going to be transformative. Um, and I think for the good, I think this is going to turn every business, every individual, uh, and give them superpowers. What, what do we do with that? How do, what do we create? What can we build? Uh, what new industries can we build? How can we, um, you know, be not only hyper-productive, but how can we create um, new things? So to me, it's incredible, and we all need to pay attention. And if we don't, you're going to be left in the dust. And, and, and what I've been telling my audiences and, and every individual is that um, the, the reality is that AI is going to take some of your job. It is going to take some of your job. And your new job today is to figure out how AI is going to take your job. That, that, if, you, if you don't figure that out, somebody else will. And um, to me, everyone has to be focused on this right now. In some ways, it is going to uh, remove some tasks that people have held on to um, and they've built their identity on. So we need to make sure that we understand the, the, the mental health ramifications and, 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 and workforce implications as well. Um, so, so we, and, and of course, when it comes to AI, we need to be concerned about privacy, security, um, cyber attacks. Um, you know, th- this is also going to be on an exponential scale. So as a business, uh, we need to be more um, hyper-concerned about, you know, what are the implications of this? Um, and so it's it's always it's always uh, you know a gift and a curse in some way. But what we've seen throughout history is that technological revolutions have moved us forward as a society. The reason why we have a better society, the reason why we've built better lives, is because of innovation. So we need to um, embrace it and 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 deal with the consequences as they come, and they absolutely will come. What about the small business operator or those that just work? You know, those that work from home um, independently. Do they get to capture some of these um, um, changes that you see down the road yeah. and how they can embrace that, too, that it's not just big business? Absolutely. I think, uh, to be honest with you, all the innovations that we're seeing enable small businesses more than any other entity out there. You know, these, the, 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 you, know you have billion-dollar companies, um, their technologies and tools and the ways that they – um, create and build. It's now in our pockets as solo entrepreneurs. I believe that we will get to not only, we already have one person, million dollar businesses. You, you're going to have soon one person, billion dollar businesses because of this um, revolution. And so to me, this is the greatest time to be in small business. And um, yeah, I just want to unlock people to say, today we live in a world of infinite leverage. You know, traditionally within organizations, if you want to get work done, you would have to rely on people to scale. But today, software, AI, media, it's at our fingertips. And so as a solopreneur, as somebody working from home, this is the greatest time to build a business. Sean Canunga will have more to say on this May 25th at the Henry Burnick Award Ceremony. Ticket information can be found at eventbrite.ca. 
Barry's Will Dwyer was launching into what he hoped would be his second million dollars in fundraising for the Terry Fox Foundation when he passed last year, but his dream remains through his son Robert, who is with Barry 360's MJ. The run's not till September, but there's lots of campaigning involved and and, and things like that. How are things going on your front uh, with uh, campaigning and, and things like that? Well, we're getting ready to kick it off. Everything is set up. Uh, we're excited. The Dwyer family is excited to uh, try to get Dad to the $2 million goal. Dad always went to the farmer's market. Got to be close to 20 years He uh, every Saturday from May through till September for the run. So I'm going to kick it off uh, Saturday, May 20th. Um, hopefully everybody that has supported Dad. And I want to say thank you because uh, last year's totals were $75,000 and change. And that's a huge, uh, huge step towards that $2 million. And we now sit at $1.275 million. Amazing. <laughs> you guys are doing really good. I'll be at the farmer's market uh, with a table set up. I've got lots of the new Terry Fox 23 t-shirt, um, limited uh, edition, Ryan Reynolds uh, is is his help in the Terry Fox Foundation with this T-shirt. That's a, an amazing shirt, by the way that, that that they put together with the with the Terry Fox Foundation. It's, it, I thought last year's shirt, which I'm wearing today, was uh, was nice. Uh, each year they come out with something, and uh, I'm going to have shirts there available. Uh, short sleeve, new edition, for twenty five dollars for an adult and twenty for youth. And this is just the beginning of your campaign kickoff. You guys got a lot of things happening for this. There's events, uh, unbelievable. Uh, starting off with a, with a June 2nd, uh, Will Dwyer Memorial Golf Tournament in Borden, Borden Golf Club. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we sold out for participants. It's uh, not like unfortunate, two, that's a great thing. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, uh, two months ago. But we're, uh, we're looking, hopefully... It's been a rough road with uh, prize donations, so we're hoping for the raffle table because all proceeds will go to the Will's $2 million goal. Hopefully, uh, you can reach out. If you want, you can uh, send uh, email to robert.p.dwire at gmail.com. And obviously, you know, your dad made such a lasting legacy. Everybody knows his name. And how important is it for you and your family to continue with this tradition? You guys are, you guys didn't just give it up. You guys are going to keep going. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to take dad around for the last three years. And I just seen just how an impact he has made on people all over the community. And for something like this to, to just die... Uh, it won't happen. As long as I'm here, I will uh, continue to support and uh, try to get Dad to the $2 million. When you say that $2 million mark, I remember talking to him right after he got to the $1 million mark. I'm like, well, what are you going to do now? He's like, just like without a beat. He's like, I'm going to get to $2 million. I was like, okay. <laughs> so he was, he was a character, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that was something that uh, I had already had talked to him and said, Dad, shut the door, turn off the phone once we hit the million because I said they're gonna, you're going to be innovated. So I'll be home tomorrow because I was in Ottawa for the Fallen Firefighters uh, Memorial and uh, I said we'll take care of that stuff when, when I return. But like always, he never listened. He opened the door for anybody in the phone. 
any other things going on? Uh, yes, actually, uh, the We Will Walk, uh, which the firefighters from Borden did in 219, which uh, spread a lot of awareness on Will, as well as the Terry Fox Foundation. They're going to be doing their walk. A date is not set yet, but it'll be either in August or September. And uh, also the Borden firefighters, which I retired from, are reaching out for a boot drive. And that'll be uh, also done in August. And when you see people at the farmer's market, like you you did last year, of course, everybody just, you know, knows you, knows your dad, and great support from the community. It's just unreal. Until you actually stand there on that table and see the people that are just coming there for that reason. Again, Robert will be at the Barry Farmer's Market this weekend to kick off this year's campaign for the Terry Fox Foundation. Hearing at least one or two reports a week from police about someone falling victim to the grandparent scam, Jane Barnett of Midland was this close to buying the gift cards the caller said would clear things up when she decided to make a quick phone call. She lays out her story for Barry 360's Will Conkin. Listen carefully. What she has to say may come in handy one day. You had an incident with a grandparent scammer a few years ago. Would you mind telling me what happened? Yes. So... Our son went to school in Ottawa, perfect storm. We had just changed the insurance. It was a Friday afternoon. I get the call. He's been in an accident. He says, Mom, it doesn't sound like him, but he explains to me that he has hit his face on the steering wheel when he got in the accident, so his voice is different, and he's apologetic. I say his name, so they now have his name to use when they're speaking with me. And he asks me if I would like to speak with the police officer who is there with him. So the police officer indicates to me he's hit a diplomat's Mercedes. They're really upset. And would I like to talk to a lawyer? Because right now they won't be able to get him in front of a judge until Monday unless this lawyer can help us come up with some solutions. They are also indicating to me that they're taking his phone away so that we won't be able to reach him um, after these calls. So I said, yes, I would like to talk to the lawyer. The lawyer phones me on our home phone and indicates that he can probably get our son in front of a judge today The judge he's thinking of in particular likes to support Boys and Girls Club in Ottawa and provides them with game cards so that the kids have cards to use to access different games online. And they would consider getting our son in front of the judge if we're willing to buy $4,000 worth of game cards or gift cards. I call my husband at work. And he comes home. And in the meantime, they call me and said, have you been on the phone? And I said, yes, I've contacted my husband. Our son's been in an accident. You know, we want to resolve this together. And they told us, you can buy these gift cards at these specific stores. And they mentioned the Superstore, Shoppers Drug Mart, and Walmart. They suggested we buy in larger increments, so $50 and up. And they indicated to us that when we were at the store, 
they might suggest that we're being scammed. And so we were to tell the store um, that we're making a charitable donation with these cards. So when we got in the store, my husband was the smart one and said, let's just call our son. And I said, we can't reach him. He doesn't have his phone anymore. And he said, let's just try. So we called. Our son picked up the phone, and I was so thrilled to talk with him. I was saying, are you okay? Is everything all right? Now you sound like yourself. And he knew right away that we had been scammed. So the thing we we learned from it, we went back. The person tried to call us. They had indicated, we'll check in with you in 40 minutes, see how you've made out with collecting these cards we asked for our son's full name. So this is the one time when you name your child and you give them the middle name as their name, main name they go by. Had I asked that during the call, I would have known right away it was a scam, but I didn't. So I took pages of notes, but never really asked the right questions. Tell me my son's full name. Tell me what town he's from. And really picking up the phone and calling that person whom you think has been taken into custody or has been injured is the key because the minute they pick up the phone, you will know right away that you are being scammed. And that's how it was resolved for us. This happened to you. And now in these past few months, past year, we've seen a lot of others it happened to as well. Why is it important to get this message out? I think for a lot of people, you really don't believe it will happen to you. But they change the scam each time. And so someone may hear my story and think, well, it doesn't exactly match, so this can't be a scam. This is the real thing because it doesn't sound like Jane's story, so this must be really happening to my son or my daughter or my parent. And... I think that's the key is just be, ask something that only you and that other individual would know, and it will tell you right away. If they start to struggle with being able to respond, then you know it's not the person whom you think you're either speaking with or about. And you were saying that uh, you guys um, are now getting rid of your home, your landline. We did as well, and it's kind of it's kind of seems kind of sad now that every time we pick up the phone, we have to be on high alert. Yes, these people are so good at what they do. Take your time, hang up the phone, say I, you know, let me check on this, or can you give me a minute? If you have a cell phone and it's the landline you've answered on, go to your cell phone, call someone, and just say, I'm on this really unusual call. What do you think? Or call the person whom you think has been injured or and check in. And if you can't reach them, then I would suggest, you know, call the police. They've heard so many of these stories. They can tell you right away, this is a scam. You know, hang up right away. 
And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About. Rate it. Review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360, on our website, Barry360.com, and with our daily Kickstart podcast. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.